Hello, we're glad to have you join us for this week's broadcast. We pray that today's message will be a blessing to you. We're continuing our I Am series today. We're going to the book of John, chapter 14. The Bible says in verse number 1, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And whether I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also, and from henceforth you know him and have seen him. What a tremendous statement made by the Lord. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He didn't say, I'll show you the way. He didn't say, I'll bring you the truth. He didn't say, I can give you life. He said, I am the way. He said, I am the truth. I am the life. And these disciples, they had seen many miracles. They had seen many things happen and seen Christ heal many lepers. He had seen him raise the dead. They had seen many great works. But here Jesus had told them that he was going to go away and their heart may have been troubled. They may have been worried. They didn't know quite what they was going to do. But here Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. There's many grand rooms, many grand places in my Father's house. If it were not so, I would have told you. He says, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. He here he is showing them the way. He's answering a grand question, how can I be saved? The first thing we see is the direction. Acts 4.12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. He shows us the direction first off, but he also shows us the destination. That is the Father's house. The Old Testament never refers to God as the Father, but here Christ refers to heaven as the Father's house, the destination. C.H. Spurgeon once said, little faith will bring your soul to heaven. Great faith will bring heaven to your soul. We've got to realize that we've got a place to look forward to. We've got to realize that we are going somewhere. If you've ever traveled, if you've ever went somewhere on a vacation or whatever, as you come back, as you get close to home, you start getting excited because you are on the way home. There might be a detour. They might be a slowdown. You might have to stop somewhere and get some gas, but you get excited. It always seems to me like it seems like you can get back home faster than when you get somewhere. We need to realize today if we've accepted Christ, we are on a journey. We are headed home. I'm not home yet. I'm just abiding here for a little while. This is just a pit stop in my journey to heaven. Praise God. He is the way we're getting ready to go. We could go anytime. We need to be looking forward to that journey. We need to be excited about that journey. A few months ago, we and my wife and my 
little boy went to Florida. We went, spent some time with her family. And on the way back, we got about to Waynesville and we realized we was getting low on gas. But you know what? I, I said, I believe I can make it. Why did I say that? Because I was excited because I was almost home. We should be excited because we're almost home any day now. Christ could split the eastern sky. He could come and call us up in the rapture, and we'll be with him forever in the Father's house. He is going to come back. I'm telling you, we just turned into a new year, and it's closer than it's ever been. I don't know when. I don't know if he's coming tomorrow. I don't know if he's coming a year from now, five years, ten years, but I know it's closer than it's ever been in our life, and thank God we have a way. We have a destination, but also he is the way, but he is also the truth. He answers another question, that is, how can I be sure? Some might say that the Bible is dogmatic or intolerant because it says that Jesus is the only way. Proverbs thirteen twelve says, There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is a ways of death. Jesus is the way. That is the truth. There is no other way to get to heaven but by him. We kind of get a little bit upset sometimes some people want to say that he is one of the ways but that's not what the bible says the bible says he is the way it's just like math two plus two always equals four it don't matter if you're counting blocks if you're counting puppy dogs it don't matter what you're counting it always equals four two plus two equals four truth is that way it is dogmatic it is intolerant whether it's math whether it's true science or whether it's spiritual things there is a truth and christ said he is the truth he is the very essence of truth he is the very embodiment of truth praise god he is the same as god jesus asked the rich man in mark 10 18 why callest thou me good there is none good but one that is God, the rich man, he didn't recognize him as the Messiah. He didn't recognize him as God. So he was asking him, why are you calling me good if you don't accept me as God? There is one good, that is God, and there isn't one iota of a difference between God and between Jesus Christ. Christ is the Word made flesh. He is God. He is the very one that breathed and gave us life. He is the truth. Amen. We see also, he says, I am the life. I am the life. Think about this. Jesus is. He didn't say he giveth life. He didn't say he can bring forth life. He says he is life. I don't care if you're talking about a rose bush in your garden. I don't care if you're talking about your puppy dog or your kitty cat. Jesus Christ is the life. He is the very one that created life. He's the very one that giveth life. He is the life. And you can ask to hear another question. How can I be satisfied? We can be satisfied in Him. We can be satisfied in Christ. He gives us a choice. Psalm 107 9 says, For He satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. John 4 14, Jesus tells the woman at the well, Whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. He has given us the life. We can live in the life. If we are reading our Bible, if we are if we are 
praying, if we are working on a relationship with Him, if we're staying faithful to church, we can be satisfied. We can't satisfy our soul with the worldly things, with the things that a lot of people, the drugs, the alcohol, even the television, illicit relationships, we can't satisfy ourselves with those. We need Christ. We need more Him. He is the life. He is the way that we are satisfied. You if you take somebody and they, they don't eat for a little while and they, they don't have any water for a little while, and pretty soon they're going to die. And the same thing goes for Christ. He is the bread of life. He is the life. He feeds our thirsty soul. If you go for a little while and you don't eat of the bread of life, if you don't work on that relationship with Him, if you don't eat of the Word, if you don't, don't pray and feed your thirsty soul, pretty soon you're going to die spiritually. He is our very substance. How can I be satisfied? But not only that, how can I be successful? In Exodus 3.11, Moses asked God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh? He was worried. He was worried. And that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. You remember that? How he was worried? How he is worried about his speech? He is worried about how he could do it. But verse number 14, God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. I am that I am. We need to realize as we live our life, as we are on our way, as we are on our journey toward Christ, as we are living our life, we need to realize that the I am has sent us. If you're witnessing somebody and you get caught off on who the 144,000 is or where Cain got his wife or something else, hey, you, you're you in the wrong place. You need to get back to the I am. You need to get back to the place where the I am sent you. He has power to change lives. He has power to save souls. Look at John 18, verse number 4. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? They answered, him, Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus saith unto him, Look at this, I am he. This is important. It interrupts the passage. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. As soon as he had said unto them, I am he, they went backwards and fell to the ground. Until last Sunday morning, I had never really paid attention. I had never really thought about this. But look at that. It says, And Judas also, which betrayed them, stood with them. And as soon as he had said unto them, I am he. They went backwards and fell to the ground. Judas was with the soldiers that come to get Jesus, and I believe that he fell backwards with the soldiers that come to get Jesus. You're either with him or you're against him. Judas, he had been there at the Last Supper. He had been with Jesus. He had heard him preach. He had seen him perform many miracles, but he betrayed him. And in the end, he was against him. And I'm telling you today, the same goes for you. You're either with him or you're against him. You're either with I am, or you're against the I am. I, I seen a story of a young lady that was invited to go to a grand wedding to sing at the, at the reception. And she she sung, and she did a beautiful job. And as she got through, she went, her and her husband, she was looking forward to going to the reception, and it was at a grand ballroom and she went by and seen the table spread with all the likes of stuff that she's never seen in her life. And she was so looking forward to sitting down and to eating and enjoying that great meal with her husband. But as she got got there to the door, they, somebody stopped her and said, hey, ma'am, do you have a reservation? She said, oh, yes. Oh, yes. And 
told them her name and they looked up her name and said, ma'am, you're not on the book. You don't have a reservation. She said, oh no, they must be some mistake. I sung at the wedding. He said, don't matter. You don't have a reservation. And just like that, he called for somebody and the servants led her out. They took her down to service the elevator. And before they knew what happened, her and her husband was back on the street, walking back to their car. And he looked at her and he said, dear, what, what happened? What happened? She looked back and she said, I just realized and everything I didn't see in the reservation. I thought, I thought, surely, surely if I sung at the wedding, I'd be welcome to stay at the reception. I have to need, but I did not send back the RSVP. I'm going to tell you today, there's many, many out there. You may be listening today. You may be a faithful church member. You may have been baptized. You may be doing everything right, but you've never accepted Christ. You've never gotten your reservation. Someday you'll stand before him. It don't matter if you're a Baptist. It don't, it don't matter. If you're a preacher's kid, a deacon's kid, it don't matter. Someday you'll stand before him. And if you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, he'll say, depart from me, for I never knew you. Hey, I'm telling you today, please, please make sure, make sure that you've got your reservation. It's so simple just to stop and trust in Christ as your Savior. Just Ask Him to come into your heart and save you today. God bless.